It is Thursday. It is the pre-weekend, and it is a sports pen here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along per usual. His show last night, this show today. Glad to have you along, my man. What's up? Hey, man, I'm just trying to return the favor for you. Uh, if anyone was wondering, Tanner was on the Sports Zone last night. It was his third time. This bad? season coming, he, you're a natural. Just put me on the payroll already. You're a natural, so you know. I don't know if Tanner will be back on this season. It, it, it's a week by week thing. Hey, but it's your ratings. Everyone at my station is, is talking about you, man. <laughs> you really come on. You really have a presence about you. Obviously, very knowledgeable. I think our chemistry from this doing this show for so long mm-hmm. is 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 evident there. So I don't know, man. There's always a spot if you ever want to come and just you know get get on TV once in a while. You're welcome to stop by. I think you've got the looks for the TV industry that I don't have, and that's what's going to keep me here in the radio booth. But I tell you what, I'm happy about that because I'm happy to be able to host the sports pen here for you on ESPN-UP. we got baseball to talk about. we got basketball. The NBA is going to start up again next week. We, of course, have football because Week 7 gets going tonight. Plus, love it or leave it, I've got hot takes, and Jake is going to tell me if he likes it. Or if he doesn't, I just want to say for the record, we'll come back to that later on. I don't necessarily believe in all these takes, but they are possibilities. And that's what we're going to talk about here in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. First and foremost, though, Jake, I tell you what, yesterday was the end of an era when one of the, can we say successful, one of the more interesting, dynamic, dynamic, maybe not on the field, I'm not even sure how to describe him, to be honest with you, quarterbacks of our generation called it a career because October is going to be known as Rocktober from Mm -hmm. now on. Brock Osweiler retired from pro football last night. I mean, this guy, he came in, he's not even 30. Mm -mm. He's made about a total of upwards of $42 million. Mm -hmm. A little bit above, you know, a 500 career win-loss record. I think if you're an aspiring NFL player, this is the career you want. You know, you didn't really have to play too much. You came in, you made so much money, more money than you should, probably should have ever made. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's playing quarterback. You still leave a winner. You, you've won more games than you lost. And, I mean, it, 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 was, a, it was a good career. He, he, he's not even 30. You know, I'm, I'm 30 now, so, mm-hmm. you know, I can kind of gauge where he's at. Has a lot of life ahead of him. He you know, has money now. He's going to go off and, and be great. I mean, he wasn't. Uh, he was a little bit above average quarterback. Mm-hmm. You knew what you were going to get out of him, and um, I'm glad he's he's able to come to peace with it and, and move on and and to not give you know NFL fans of teams hope that he will one day actually become a starting quarterback in the league. But you know, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Anytime you you have a story of that where you just come in, you 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 make a lot of money and you just you know you don't do a lot for it. You got to respect the way he moved around the league. And was able to get everything, you know, ring the towel drive of everything he could before leaving. He started 30 career games, and he earned $41,396,679. He has a Super Bowl ring. And he's a, and he's a Super Bowl champ. I mean, that's the <laughs> career you want. As a backup to Peyton Manning four years ago, he is a Super Bowl champ. His career TD to interception ratio, 37 to 31. By the way, he never started a full season. At quarterback, and yet he's got forty-one million plus dollars. So you're telling me you know, I love you're, it. You're Super Bowl, Super Bowl champ. Mm-hmm. You threw more touchdowns than interceptions. 
you made $41 million, and you've only played 30 games. I mean, that's mind-blowing. I mean, he's still, at least he can still, you know, down the road be like, you know, I was an NFL player. Mm -hmm. I won a Super Bowl. I made a lot of money. You know, I I did more than I, I took away. You know, I threw more touchdowns than interceptions as a quarterback. That's a good stat to have, and he's still young enough to enjoy it. And he's still young enough to start a career and have a pros. You know, he, he he can prosper in another another field. So, if you're Brock Osweiler, you're waking up today feeling pretty darn good. I mean, I would be I would be happy if I was Brock. Did you ever watch Blue Mountain State? I loved that. show. I love that show. That show. Sure. If you yeah. haven't if you haven't seen it, if you're listening out there, haven't seen Blue Mountain State. You know, it, it's it's not for children. It's not like for that. everybody, and and it's it's a little bit. I would say like a raunchy comedy, football comedy. I mean, it's not explicit. Not but explicit, it's very, but it's very it, it's, edgy. It, it it crosses the line here and there. It's a great show. Check <laughs> I love it out. that show. I hated when Netflix took it away. I know. But is Brock Osweiler not the real life Alex Moran? That's kind of the vibe I Gets get. Gets a lot for doing very That's little. That's kind of the vibe I get. And he was one of my favorite characters on the show where he, <laughs> you know, he just kind of skates by. I could see that. That's 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 funny. Well, I tell you what, we've got Pickham. Jake uh, fell behind a little bit in the standings. I have a two-game lead now. I'm, so, I, I'm slowly getting nervous because I started strong, mm-hmm. and now I'm just kind of just going 500, losing here and there, and, and everyone's catching me. I'm, I'm scared. Hey, maybe you have a good week this week. Here are the games that we're picking beginning tonight when Kansas City goes to Denver. Denver's tough, but remember what happened last year. This was the game, Monday Night Football, between the Chiefs and Broncos last year where Pat Mahomes threw that left-handed pass to mm-hmm. Tariq Hill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Denver, they started off slow, obviously, with an 0-4 star. They've picked it up the last two games. Their defense is finally coming mm-hmm. around. It's the defense we thought. I think they have 12 sacks in the last three games. I think they have, like, four interceptions in the last two. So they're really turning things up. Um, you know, they've been playing pretty good. They can, they can run the ball and, and things like that. They have the blueprint now. People are figuring out how to stop Pat Mahomes, and that's keeping him on the sidelines and really, you know, managing the, the time clock and, and keeping the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands. With all that being said, they're at home. I know Denver's at home. They play well at home, and and you know this is a division rival. I, I just can't, and I know Kansas City has lost two games in a row, mm-hmm. but I just think Pat Mahomes and that team is 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 motivated to kind of go out on this stage, this national stage, the only game tonight, and remind people who they really are. And that's a very good offense. I know their defense has struggled, but do I trust Joe Flacco to to shred that defense? I don't. If Kansas City can stop that run or manage that run, I, I like Kansas City in this one. Well, they'll be fighting the primetime spot with UCLA at Stanford. Mm. If you want to watch a little college football night, there's also Lafayette and Arkansas State, if neither are your cup of tea. Those are those are some good games. Stanford's mm. really bad this year. <laughs> they are really bad this You know, year. a couple years ago, Stanford would have been must-see. but They were a top-ten team about one calendar year ago. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. But, yeah, I think between all those games and obviously baseball and things – it's going to be tough, but yeah, I'm, I'm, baseball I will tune in. I will be watching Thursday Night Football. All right, so we both have Kansas City winning tonight. Real quick, do you think Pat Mahomes bounces back and he starts looking more like Pat Mahol of Fame? Yeah, I mean, do I think he's going to go out there and have a jaw-dropping game and, and just destroy Denver? I don't, but I do think he... He bounces back in a way where he, he reminds people, okay, you know, he, I think he'll have a solid game. I don't think it's going to be like, did you see what Pat Mahomes did last night or anything like that? Because that Denver defense is good. But I do think, you know, they get things going a little bit more. It's a, you, you start to see that Kansas City team we're used to. How about the game that we have here on ESPN-UP on Sunday? We've got Houston at Indianapolis, a really crucial AFC South game. 
Yeah, Houston, I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson is looking like he's that guy that people thought he was going to be. I think that trade they made to get Laramie Tunsil over and, and kind of shore up that offensive line. You know, now Deshaun has time to kind of sit back and, and pick people apart, and, and he always has his legs. You know, he's an athletic quarterback, so he's really good. You talk about Deshaun kind of closing the gap between Pat Mahomes these last couple of weeks. You know, you could argue that, that Deshaun is, is right there with Pat Mahomes. So um, definitely a good matchup. I know Indy's tough at home. Jacoby Brissett, ah, this one's tough, man. I'm, I'm going to go Houston just because of the way they're, they're playing. I, I This is a tough one for me, too. It, it always is. But Houston, they very well could do it. That wide receiver core is scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. How about the late game on Sunday? We've got the Chargers at the fighting Ryan Tannehill's taking over the Titans offense. Or what they call an offense. Right. The team that they send out when they have the football. Right, right. Tough um, to call that an offense. I, I don't trust Tannehill. Honestly, Tennessee's kind of just been, b- besides that win over the Browns, that dominating win, they've just kind of been blah. Mm-hmm. They're just an average, mediocre team. They're not exciting. Don't I'm not really loving their roster. The Chargers are, have underperformed all year. i got to go L.A. on this one. All right. Chargers. Chargers, they let me down last week, so I am going to go with Tennessee in this one. And besides, they're always right around 500. Titans can't be 2-5. and five. They can never be... But because it's like a law of physics or something. It's like one of those Isaac Newton theories. The Titans can never be more than two games or less than two games over or under 500. They, they, they start to let you down, then they give you just a little hope. I don't think I back. said that correctly, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> How about Sunday night football? Philadelphia at Dallas. Mm. Winner gets first place in the division. You know... I don't really like how Dallas has been playing. Obviously, they just lost to an 0-4 Jets team, handed them their first win. Philly, Philly's injured, secondary's injured, but I know Amari Cooper's hurt. Dallas is getting those two tackles back as far as, as I think, mm-hmm. in Collins and, and Tyron Smith. So I think we'll see Dallas and improve Dallas team. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. All game. right. I have the Cowboys as well, although I thought about it for a long time. I didn't have an answer for the show yesterday. But I think I am going to go with Dallas in this one, being at home, what have you. And then how about Monday night football? We've got the Patriots on the road taking on the Jets. Can the Jets do it again? Shock the, the Patri- nation back-to-back weeks. You know, this one's tough. Yeah? Because I, Sam Darnold has that Jets team looking completely different. I don't know, man. I don't know. Really? I, I'm, I'm struggling You're with really this really thinking about this one. I am. Um... I want to go out on the limb here. I want to take the Jets. Really? I'm just going to do it, man. All right. How about that? I, I'm going to hope for Sam Darnold, you know, make connecting with those big plays. I mean, the Patriots, they've been winning, yes, but have they looked really, like, dominant lately? Mm-hmm. Not really. All right. You know, I know that defense is really good for New England, but I'm trying to talk myself into this, guys. <laughs> you know, wide receivers have kind of been sketchy protection for the Patriots kind of been sketch. I'm, I'm just going to go with the Jets. Hot take Jake. I like What's it. What's up? Well, and one more thing to add to that, and this is in defense of the Jets. They do get C.J. Mosley back this week. Mo- See, coming into the year, I was like, okay, I really love the Jets roster, really love what they're doing, and then obviously just getting hit with injuries. I, I do like Sam Darnold as quarterback, and then, yeah, that Jets defense, they have some players, man. Mm-hmm. They have some players that can really disrupt what they're, what uh, New England's trying to do, and and you know, this would be a huge win for a Jets team that, you know, the season was lost. But I feel like they got a little momentum mm-hmm. and a little bit more belief that they can become that team that we thought or I thought they were going to be this season. If Greg Williams can find a way to turn Mosley loose on that Patriots offensive line, it could be a tough night for Brady. I'm not anticipating that. 
But Mosley is just so good. He does change the he complexity does. of that game. I remember him back uh, when he was with Alabama, and they played Notre Dame in the 2012 National Championship game, and he is just this mammoth on the defensive line, calling plays, calling defensive schemes. So he's like a six foot eight Nick Saban on the field, standing up at the line of scrimmage and pointing out Scary. where a player should be. He is that good. He's that good. And, and when he was playing earlier on in the season, he was a difference maker. He mm-hmm. was creating turnovers, and, and he was a, he was a beast. So he's he's everything that that people say he is. That is Pickham as we play here every week in the sports pen throughout the NFL season. Coming up. Who did the rain out yesterday benefit, Yankees or Astros? And does it matter? Do either match up against the Nats, or are they both the Nats' worst nightmare? That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you in The Sports Pen. Glad you're along as always. Well, I tell you what, we're going to have baseball tonight. It was supposed to be last night here in ESPN-UP. Game for the ALCS this evening as the Yankees try to even up the series against the Astros. Houston leads that series two games to one. They were rained out yesterday, Jake. They're going to play tonight. That game again can be heard here in ESPN-UP with the first pitch set for 8.08. I tell you what, does that rain out benefit anybody? Does it benefit one more than the other? I think it benefits both of them. Yeah. I really do. I think that it benefits the Yankees in the short term and the Astros in the long term because this is absolutely a must win for the Yankees tonight. They cannot go down 3-1 to one knowing that they have got to win three straight against Houston and knowing they could face Garrett Cole at any time because right now Garrett Cole looks like he is the best pitcher in baseball. So the Yankees with that extra day We'll get Masahiro Tanaka to pitch tonight, and he has been excellent in the postseason. There's a case to be made. This is from a Jeff Passan tweet here in the last hour. Jeff Passan says there's a strong case to be made that Masahiro Tanaka is the greatest pitcher that Japan has ever produced that's come to Major League Baseball, and his postseason resume makes that a strong case. So I tell you what, this is a better option for the Yankees in a must-win game rather than piecing the bullpen together, getting three innings out of some guys and three out of another, like they were going to do if they had to play yesterday. However, you still have Garrett Cole. That's your ace in the hole for Houston. It is going to benefit them in the long term that he gets the extra day of rest because they slap him on at any time, and they're going to be just fine. They really are. So I think in the short term this benefits New York. It doesn't matter them at all, though, if they lose tonight. If Tanaka pitches a great game and there's no offense and they lose tonight, it doesn't benefit them at all. Right. I mean, the, the, the pitching for Houston is just so much superior when you talk about you talked about Cole Verlander, Granke, those guys are going to be foaming at the bit, obviously. Um, and I just feel like, you know, having to play now with the schedule jumbled up and things and, and you know, kind of just throwing this this wrench here in the, in the plans – out of nowhere, I, I agree. I mean, the Yankees do face a must-win just because their starting pitching isn't anywhere near, you know, where where Houston's is. They're going to need to get a lot more out of that starting pitching now that you know they they're playing back-to-back-to-back games. Um, I just feel like it's it's setting up for a Houston. It, it's almost just like inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm rooting for the Yankees. I'm not a Yankees fan, but going, in, I know, <laughs> shaking your head. Um, <laughs> you know, I like the Yankees just because I I just love the way they hit, and as mm-hmm. a as you know, just a, a baseball fan that tunes in, and and I do watch you know playoff baseball here and there, but during the regular season, I'm not really watching too much. But mm-hmm. 
I just love to see hits, man. I love those big names, those big bats, and and that's kind of why I'm going for the Yankees. And that's it. I, yeah. I, I know the history and everything, and people hate the Yankees, but that's it. Um, but yeah, I think I think for Houston, I think they definitely ha- have the advantage with just who they kind of have at their disposal when you talk about you know the series moving forward, a series that's kind of looking like it, it very well. Depending on tonight, I mean, obviously if the Yankees win, this could go you know the, the long haul, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like the Nat or the uh, Astros, they're kind of sitting back saying, "Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna slowly, slowly just wear down the Yankees here." You're with me in the sense that the Yankees do have to win tonight. They can't yes. go back to back to back, knowing that Garrett Cole's gonna nah. show up at some point. Exactly, you know, and yeah, exactly. Um, at some point, they're gonna throw that the X factor, you mm-hmm. know, just toss him in. Like if they need a win, they can always bring him out. And there's a good chance he'll perform. Very good chance he'll perform. So they just have that wild card. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's like a card game. You always have that card in your back pocket. Things get tough. You you have that advantage. So um, yeah, I do think it's a must win for the Yankees, and I do think that it gives Houston the advantage. I do believe that if you're a Washington Nationals fan, you're hoping that the Yankees win this series because I think the Yankees would provide a much more favorable matchup to Washington than Houston would. I think if Houston wins this, they will beat Washington in the World Series. But if New York does win the ALCS, then I do think Washington's got to be the favorite in the World Series because of pitching, because there's just so much value in terms of pitching. And that Washington staff with Corbin, Scherzer, and Strasburg, that's been what's got them here. You know, that's how they were able to compete and ultimately beat the Dodgers. And that's how they were able to do what they did against the Cardinals. When you match up that kind of pitching staff, you're going to get a chance to win every single night, especially uh, if you've got a pitching staff on the other side like the Yankees do that's struggled from time to time. And eh, it's just got to be at some point the Yankees' nine lives have got to run out. Because you look at the pitching staffs they've faced already. I get it. The Twins started a former Uber driver one game in the ALDS. But the other two pitchers the Yankees beat in that series, Barrios and Odorizzi, were both all-stars this year. If they get by Houston, they're going to have to beat Cole, Grinke, and Verlander. And then you think that they can go into the World Series and beat Corbin, Scherzer, Strasburg. I mean, luck's got to run out at some point, doesn't it? I mean, they are the Yankees. But, I mean, that's that's a mountain to have to climb. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when it comes down to it, everything that people have told me, it, it comes down, it boils down, especially when you talk about getting in the postseason, it's, it's going to be your pitching. The Yankees, they haven't really addressed their pitching as much. You know, they wanted to bring in... You know, these huge bats and guys that can just hit homers and, and they wanted to just out-hit everybody. But um, we see it time and time again. If you got a, a you know a pitching rotation that just gets hot, that's the ultimate advantage, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I mean, Washington's sitting there probably rooting for the Yankees just because the matchup favors them a little bit more. When If you have Houston coming coming to town, you know, they, they have that rotation that can really, you know, obviously I think Houston's rotation's better, but, you know, it kind of – takes that advantage away from Washington and um you know it's just the the best matchup would be would be the Yankees and and like you said at some point you got to think that what's happening here with with New York where they're just skating by it's going to stop mm-hmm. and um it's just a matter of time but you never know man they could also just hit fire and just start mm-hmm. blasting homers and and somehow outscoring everybody i don't know predictions you could throw them out the window because who predicted washington would be here i was going to say and, and i know we talked about before the the playoffs even started you know this is how we think it's going to go 
and there's always a team. You know, mm-hmm. there's always something, and it doesn't matter what sport you're watching. There's going to be a team that surprises you and does some things. It's not always going to go by by the book. And the same things for baseball, man. There's going to be a team that gets hot, get gets it rolling, and and it makes some noise. And that that this year it's it's Washington. Well, I tell you what, that leads us into stat of the day, and actually it's stats of the day. I've got two I can't decide between. I did this yesterday, too. I'm indecisive. I have too many good stats out there. Jake, you can tell me which one is better. The Nationals are the second team in Major League Baseball history to win their pennant and go to the World Series without ever leading in their division at any point in the season. The only other team to accomplish the feat, the Florida Marlins back in 2003. See, they were just conserving their energy all season. Yeah, they were sitting back. They're like, we're just gonna, we're gonna sneak in. We're just gonna, you know, catch people off off guard and, and by surprise, and and then we're gonna really show them what we can do in the postseason. I like that strategy. To be fair, they didn't have a wild card game until like the '90s, so that was fairly new. You know, right. because it was only division winners up till then. So you knew that this stat was you gonna had, have to be in the last 20 right. years or so that other team would have done it. The other thing I have for stat of the day, we go to the NHL for. Because Connor McDavid is off to a torrid start. 17 points in his first seven games of the season. The only other players to accomplish that feat, Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky. That's impressive. That's pretty good company. I know he has some hype coming in, coming in too, and, and he's living up to that. But, you know, those are two legends. And to mm-hmm. be even in that realm and being talked about next to those guys, you know, that must be mind-blowing for him, and, and that's impressive. 17 points that's in insane. the first seven games of the year. Lemieux did it in 1995-96. Gretzky did it in the 93-94 season. Although, a lot of people say McDavid is still the best player in the world. I'm happy to say that last night I was watching Wednesday Night Hockey. You know where I'm going with yes, this. Yes, I do. There is no longer an undefeated team in the NHL. The Penguins took down Colorado in overtime. Sidney Crosby still runs the league. Yeah. He does. You know, you, you can hate all you want. I, I do but he's hate the, the guy. best in the league. I do hate the guy, but it's 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 the same thing. You know, I feel with him like it was similar to when LeBron was in Miami. Like I hated LeBron in Miami for some reason. You know, I was just like, man, he left. He really just went out. And obviously, these days, a lot of team players are just joining other teams. But I was just like, man, this is kind of just messed up. I just he's the villain now. Same thing with Sydney. Like, oh, yeah. you, you hate the guy just because he plays for a team you don't like. But at the end of the day, you got to be like, all right, I respect what he's doing. And I mean, he's just been he's been that dude for a long time. Crosby still runs the league, albeit I will give credit to Connor McDavid where credits due. He's kind of like the Mike Trout of Major there's, League Baseball. Uh, there's young guys coming up there. You know, there's a transition in sports where you know the the big stars fade a little bit, and these younger guys come in. That's well, McDavid will get there some point. Crosby will pass the mantle to him. But I mean, he's like the Mike Trout of hockey in the sense that. He is one of, if not the best player in his sport, yet there's no nobody, there's nothing around him. He's not getting to the postseason winning a championship anytime soon. Just kind of like Mike Trout. Yeah. I feel yeah, for them both. I feel for them both, but at the same time, I don't because they're they're really good and they're making money, so whatever. Well, I t- <laughs> whatever. <laughs> good for them. You know, I feel so bad for Sidney Crosby, dude. Like, oh, man, it must just be so tough to be him. Well, I tell you what, before we go to the break, this is weird. This stood out to me. Uh, It happened earlier this week that for the first time in 30 years, a World Cup qualifying match, which, by the way, we've started, even though it's three years away from the next World Cup, we have started World Cup qualifying matches. And for the first time in 30 years, one was hosted by North Korea. They had North Korea play South Korea in Pyeongchang earlier this week. However, the North Korean government 
did not allow fans to attend the game nor allow anybody to broadcast the game. And I'm, you know, looking down at a picture of this empty stadium where there's only players, officials, coaches on the field, and that's it. It's just bizarre when you look at the scene in Pyeongchang, and the only thing that comes close uh, to what I've what I saw in my memory was back in 2015. When do you remember they were having riots in Baltimore? A uh, young man died in police custody, and there were riots. And the Orioles were playing a home game with the White Sox, and they blocked off downtown because of safety reasons. They did not allow anyone to attend that game at Camden Yards. And it was such a weird scene because it's just a quiet, empty stadium with a game going on. Players are like, you know, we can hear the broadcasters uh, because you know, they have the windows in the booth open. We can hear them call the game on the field. Those are about the only two instances I can think of with something this bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, that would be kind of, you know, obviously players used to having these stadiums filled. Um, yeah, I mean, that, w- that would be tough. How do you gain any momentum and in- things like that? But um i don't know man i don't i don't know much about north korea korea but i mean my money would be on on north korea in that game just because i feel like there's probably some fixed <laughs> fixed outcomes coming coming out of that one they I'm, won like 99 to nothing yeah no one really actually knows but, you know that's like, why they didn't broadcast the game right yeah kim yeah. jong wants to fix the score <laughs> he probably did man I'm, yeah i would i would definitely take north korea in that one I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take another time out. When we come back, Hot Take Jake, we're going to play Love It or Leave It with this list of hot takes next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Afternoon, here is your Sports Center update. An Ohio man has been arrested for punching Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett. Garrett was driving when he noticed another motorist flagging him down. Garrett stopped and asked, uh, stopped, and the motorist was a fan who asked to take a picture together before punching Garrett in the face. He is so lucky. Miles Garrett didn't get a hand on him. <laughs> He's I'm sure, huge. I'm sure Miles was kind of in shock, and I, I, I'm picturing the guy punching him quickly and running as fast as he can. <laughs> no, he got in his car, drove off, forgetting that. Cars have license plates. Mm. You can get tracked down. I, I want to hear what his, his explanation is for this one because if Miles Garrett got a hold of him, I mean, free for all, I would. Ugh. Why would you punch Why? a former number one overall draft pick when you still have your whole life to live? That's what I'm saying. Why are people so stupid? Stop punching athletes. If you're going to punch an athlete, punch a kicker. Don't punch a defensive know, man. end. You What's don't wrong want, with you? You don't want to take one of those kicks in, that's in true. between the that's legs. True. That, that's kick. deadly. That's true. They can kick. Uh, let's keep moving on. We had a Woj bomb today. I miss those. I miss Woj bombs, you know, out of basketball season until next week. But Bradley Beal signed a two-year, $72 million max contract with the Washington Wizards. Good for him. He's getting paid because he's not going to be winning the title. I was going to say, it's one of those situations where you're just trying to make as much money as you can. Obviously, Bradley Beal winning's not really in his priority list yet. No. But it's only, you know, what is it, two more, two-year extension? He's still fairly young, right? Yeah. Yep. He'll be able to sign another contract. He's going to be about to be making a lot of money. If he's able to stay healthy, he, he is going to be healthy. right back out there. And finally, on Tuesday, Samuel Adams released a new beer that's so strong it's illegal in 15 states. The beer called the 11th Edition Utopius. Actually, I'm going to have you guess this. What would you say is a strong enough beer for an ABV, alcohol by volume, that it needs to be illegal in 15 states? 
I don't know. What percent alcohol do you think that 20. would be? 28. Oof. It is illegal in 15 states. Is it, is but it here not in Michigan? Michigan. Ooh, we got something to do this weekend. We have got something to do this weekend. We've got 11th edition Utopias that has been released Tuesday by Samuel Adams. That is your Sports Center update. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along as always. We're going to play Love It or Leave It. I have got a list of hot takes, which again, don't necessarily reflect my values. I don't necessarily endorse these opinions, but they are possibilities. And I want to get Jake's thoughts on them. And of course, it'll make you think about it too. So here we go. First one, 42-year-old Vince Carter, who said earlier this week that he wants to play in all 82 regular season games this year. Will he actually do it? Hot take, Vince Carter does play. All 82 regular season games. That's a lot of games. I'm going to say he doesn't do that. I think mm-hmm. he's going to try, but I think age is going to catch him. Um, he's going to be a nice option off the bench there, though. Kyle Allen will be the Panthers' starting quarterback even when Cam Newton is healthy again. Oof. Um, I don't see why not. No. I don't see why not. If you could if you could, you know, get get something for Cam, get him out of there, Kyle Allen's in play. It... it, it it comes down to, you know, they have Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. So if, as long as Kyle Allen can just dish him the ball, which he's been doing, then he, he's shown he's been pretty pretty successful. So, I mean, if they're winning games and you could get them for the cheap, I don't see why you wouldn't try to explore what you can get for Cam. For me, and then you won't have to deal with all the, you know, he gets injured and mm-hmm. all of this extra stuff that comes with Cam. I feel like that might be a good switch up for for a Carolina team. You just can't take the ball out of Kyle Allen's hands right now. The hand you is can't. too hot. I mean, exactly. Like how you know, I don't know. Like if you were winning games and all of a sudden this guy comes back, who before he left, the the team was kind of in shambles a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of got something going. You got some momentum. There's chemistry there. I'm sure the guys are loving him in the locker room. And it, you know, Cam has done a lot for Carolina, but at some t- some point, you know, you got to kind of be like, this might be in the best of our interest to, to try to see what we can get for Cam. There's got to be teams out there wanting Cam Newton sure. on the team. So why not try to get, you know, keep what's working for you and then get something um, for a quarterback who's done a lot for you. Cam Newton is like an upgraded version of Josh Allen, is he not? A little bit. I like Josh <laughs> Allen's arm better, though. I mean, yeah, this, is, that's a, this true. is the thing. When Cam Newton gets older and he can't really run and, and take those hits like mm-hmm. he, he was back in the day, he doesn't really have an arm. No. So he's kind of really... You know, what is he then? For a quarterback, he doesn't have a skill set that ages well. Right. So if you're Carolina, why not get what you can for him while there's still a little bit of, you know, value there? Well, and to that point, a list of NFL quarterbacks who have won their first five career starts without throwing an interception, Kyle Allen, and that's it. Well, when, you have, when you have Christian McCaffrey, you can hand the ball <laughs> off or just throw a little screen pass. Yeah, when you throw about two yards every play, I mean, and McCaffrey been, turns exactly, it to 12. Exactly. It's, it's unbelievable what Christian McCaffrey's doing. But, but, yeah, I mean, that's just a good situation for Kyle Allen. Number three, the 49ers will win the NFC West division. You know, I'm not sold on the Niners just yet. They've, they've, obviously, they're undefeated 5-0. and They haven't had the best competition so far. Um, I like Seattle. I like Seattle in that division, so I'm going to say no. Okay. John Gruden will be this year's NFL Coach of the Year. He's making a case for it. He's making a case for it. He is. um, Shoot, man. He's in the running. He could. I mean, I I could see it. Kyle Kyle Shanahan could be a a guy, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I don't see why not if if the Oakland still you know continues doing what they're doing. They're not winning this week. No, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Playing Green Bay this weekend. Yeah. 
if Oakland, if the season ended right now, Oakland would be a playoff team, though. They would go on the road during Wild Card Weekend. How about Michigan Wolverine talk? Shea Patterson will not lose Michigan's starting quarterback job for the remainder of this season. You know, shoot. Yeah, that's a toughie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. I mean, the only way I can say that he won't is if, obviously, Michigan just starts losing these games. They got Penn State. You know, they got Michigan State coming up. They got a lot of tough games. No, relatively big one next week. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we might have to watch that one together. Um, That'd be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. So he would, he would have to do something extreme, like you know, just turn the ball over and just, just really just. Lose it for him. They were talking with Kirk Herbstreet on Golick and Wingo earlier today how if Michigan goes on the road and gets a top 10 win this weekend against Penn State and they're 6-1, and one, people are starting to feel a lot better about that team, maybe in the direction that they're headed. But if they lose this weekend, they go to 5-2, and two, this guy could very right. well be falling in Ann Arbor. And here's the thing. As a Michigan fan, yeah, they've, they've won games, but they just haven't looked good doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you wanted to see a couple of games where they were just clicking, firing on all cylinders, not turning the ball over. They've been doing enough to win, but they haven't been pretty wins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a little bit more of like I like to win in style. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to win going away. I don't yep. like I don't like shaky wins against Illinois. Style points matter you in know, college football, and, and especially when exactly. So, the wins have been ugly. I just don't trust it. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, but I would feel a lot better if they beat. You know, I'm hoping they go in and beat Penn State, so then that Notre Dame game is really amped up a little bit more. I did pick them to beat Penn State this weekend. That's, you're a smart man. I am picking Michigan to beat Penn State this weekend. Dan Quinn will not return as Atlanta Falcons head coach next year. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take this one. I'm hammering that yeah, one. Yeah, I think so, man. They, wow, what you know? What a disappointing season so mm-hmm. far for the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of people had them winning their division. They have the talent. That offense is, is scary good. And then Dan Quinn coming in as a defensive coach, I mean, it's just been ridiculous. Matt Ryan's been disappointing. So, I, I mean, at this point, I don't see why why you would, wouldn't try to move on and, and do something better because it's not working. I think that, that uh, Super Bowl loss has really, really mm-hmm. kind of just stopped that train. And they're 1-5. Their only win came in the Attrition Bowl, that ugly Sunday night victory in Week 2 where Julio Jones saved the day against Philadelphia. Yeah, they could very well not have won a game yet this season. So um, he's one of those coaches on the hot seat. We saw Jay Gruden get get canned. Yep. He's he's right there. I tell you what, last one I've got on here, NBA with the season starting next week. The Pistons will win at least 41 games this year. Keep in mind they were 41-41 and 41 last year, and that was good enough for the eighth seed in the postseason. It's a, they're going to win 41 games. You think so? Right 41, at 41-41. 41-41, get the AC, get knocked out in five games. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> one it, more I, game than last I year. See it happen. I mean, i got to give them, they, they, you know, i got to give them one more game. So, one more game. Yeah, they'll, they'll win a playoff game. Yeah, they're, they're for sure 500 team, for sure AC. They'll go up against Milwaukee, get knocked in five. I don't think they got worse this offseason, to be honest with you. I mean, Derek Rose, I mean, he's not what he used to be, but he'll help. Right, until I see them, you know, not be mediocre. I can't really, really say anything, but I'm just not... I like their, you know, they're going in the right direction, but that roster just never has like really pumped me up. Right. You know what I mean? I, I do like Blake Griffin, obviously. I like Andre Drummond. I think Luke Kennard's a really good shooter. Um, Christian Wood has been surprising me yeah. in the preseason. He came out of nowhere, yeah, so he did. he's looking pretty decent. Um, their draft picks looking like he's not really like ready yet. Demuya, Demuye, mm-hmm. um, kind of still working his way in. But yeah, Derrick Rose is nice, but still, this roster just doesn't. 
It doesn't get me hype. 41 and 41? 41 and 41. All right, we can go with that. Maybe let's go one step further. Where would you set the Bucks record-wise? I mean, I think they're going to be between like them and Philly. I think they're going to be right there. I mean, I think they're going to be a top seed in the, in the Eastern Conference. How many games they're going to win? I don't know. Somewhere, I actually got it right last year. I said they'd win sixty games. Sixty, you know, I think they'll be around that mark. I was going to say, you know, around you know fifty-five, sixty-five. I don't know if they got exactly sixty last year. I just said that they were going to at least reach sixty wins. I don't remember if that's what they finished at sixty and twenty-two. I can't remember, but but I think they'll be be around there again. I think maybe a little bit more. I tell you what, Philadelphia's got a lot of hype uh, around them coming into the season. I don't get it. I really don't. I, I mean. Anytime you have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, I mean, you gotta you gotta feel good. They they have a nice starting five. They do, they do. I just don't see how you can take away Jimmy Butler and think this team got better. I don't know. I'm, I was never much of a Jimmy Butler fan. I'm yeah, but still he's not. good. He's all right, man. He's all he's, right. He's a good defender, and does he? Richardson's a scorer, man. Maybe they just needed a a, a scorer. You know, obviously, and Tobias Harris is there. He was in Detroit. He's a good all around player. If Ben Simmons has developed any sort of jump shot. You know, and and things like that. Who knows? They did lose JJ Redick. I think that's mm-hmm. a huge loss for them. Uh, the outside shooting is going to be their downfall this year because yeah. they really don't have it. You don't replace JJ Redick and uh, and Jimmy Butler with Al Horford and think that yeah. you got better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a different a different dynamic there. But I still think they're one of the better teams in the East for sure. I put on Twitter a few days ago because I genuinely wanted to know which will happen first. Will the Dolphins win a football game or Ben Simmons hit an NBA three? And it was fairly lopsided, to be honest with you. Ben Simmons hits a three, got 81% of the vote. I I feel like Ben Simmons is going to try to shoot one a game. Maybe. You know, just to prove a point. He can shoot. I mean, he's an NBA player. He's going to hit a three at some point. I don't don't think the Dolphins are going to win this season. They may not. They really may not. So at some point, you got to think Ben Simmons is just going to dribble down and just pull one just to say he can do it. He did it the other night, but it was against a Chinese team. They were playing an exhibition game in China, but he did hit a three. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ben him, Ben Simmons hits a three in the first regular season game. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna say he does. I think they play the Celtics. I'm gonna say he launches game. one. Why not? If you're Ben Simmons, I would. That would be one of my first things I do. <laughs> I would get the tip, dribble down. I'm just I'm just gonna launch it. Just start the season off right. If it goes in, we're gonna have a good year. If not, uh oh. Ben Simmons is a four or five player who can handle the ball. Not a guard. Not a true guard. I mean, he can pass, though. He can pass. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Ben Simmons fan. I, I like Ben Simmons. I do. He's just not a shooter. He's not a shooter. Just not a shooter. We have NBA talk coming up. We are going to take a look at the results of the NBA General Manager Survey. That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of our show today, get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app in the Apple App Store or Google Play or look at ESPNUP.com. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. Don't forget tonight, we've got baseball on ESPN-UP. You can have football on the TV and baseball on the radio. Dan Schulman, Chris Singleton will have the play-by-play from Yankee Stadium tonight. 808 first pitch, Astros at Yankees, game four of the ALCS. I tell you what, today we have the results from the NBA General Manager Survey, the annual survey. They've been doing this 18 years now where general managers vote on 
a collection of issues, I guess, if you want to call them. Accolades, maybe is a better word. And it's all anonymous, but they give their thoughts on how this season is going to pan out with different awards, what have you. So I tell you what, Jake, looking at the first one here on this list, who will win this season's NBA title? For perspective, last year, Golden State got 87% of the vote. Golden State was the overwhelming favorite, according to the NBA general managers. This year, the favorite in the preseason got 46% of the vote, and that is the L.A. Clippers. The Bucks were up there, though, 36% for Milwaukee. That was second most. The Lakers only got 11 they were third. Does that surprise you a little bit? It does surprise me. I mean, the Lakers are looking good. Obviously, it, it just those results alone, those percentages, shows that a lot of people are believing there's a little bit more parity in this, this year's NBA. We can all see it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Things have balanced out a little bit better, especially over in the Western Conference. I like that, though. I, I think the Clippers, I think it's going to come down to, obviously, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers, I, th- I would I would mm-hmm. suggest. I'm I'm on the Clippers bandwagon when they, you know, I'm a huge Paul George fan. Sure. So when when Paul George joined up with Kawhi, I kind of jumped on that bandwagon. So for for now, I'm a Clippers fan. I'm obviously a, a Detroit Pistons fan, but I'm I'm definitely rooting for the the Clippers. I want to see the Clippers kind of top the Lakers. If, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean, I I don't know. Oh, and I think they will. I think they so, will. They'll be the top two teams in the West. Lakers been looking really opinion. nice. They have been. They looked good last night, albeit it was preseason. They dominated Golden State. But then you remember that Rajon Rondo is going to be playing major minutes for this Laker team. Listen, I you know just watching part of that game, I I kind of realized how deep this team actually is. Mm-hmm. You know they have a lot of guys that are you know guys just kept coming off the bench, and I'm like, I forgot they have Avery Bradley. That's pretty <laughs> insane. Oh yeah, they have KCP who can really shoot the ball. Obviously you have can Anthony he? Davis. I think he can. All I right. think he, he's a pretty good shooter. Um, you know they just have they have a lot of guys, man. They got some guys that can come in and really. You know, even Jared Dudley, you know, can come in and, and do something. So, um, I do like that. But I just think the Lakers. I like Kawhi, Paul George. That's that's dirty. Joining up against a, a team of of misfits who, mm-hmm. who made some noise last year. So I do think it's going to be the Clippers to take. But I just love the fact that both LA teams have so much hype. I do. Too. It's not like the NFL where you're talking about the Rams and, and the Chargers and no. just negative things. You know, get the Chargers out of here. These two teams are are here in LA. They're they're here to stay and. Man, it's going to be good. It's going to be obviously that's going to be the kind of the mecca of basketball this year. Uh, nothing's really going to change as far as where they would play their home games in the Western Conference Finals. We, sh- we shouldn't have travel days if that's the case. There should be no travel days during the Western Conference Finals. Zip right through them. The only thing that would change would be the covering and uncovering of the Taylor Swift banner at the Staples Center because the Lakers don't cover it up because Kobe gave that to Taylor after his 16th sellout there. The Clippers do cover it up. That'd be and, the only thing that changes. Uh, you learn something every day that the <laughs> the crew there in the arena is going to have a busy busy time. I tell you what, I, have, teams, I do have a question though. Yeah. If, if the Clippers and Bucks met up in the finals, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty intriguing matchup. That's a pretty fun one. Yeah, that's a fun you, one. Could could Milwaukee handle all that star power that LA has? I don't know. Maybe there's. I'd feel more confident Milwaukee than anybody else in the East to right. go up against the Clippers. Other teams that were receiving votes. Who voted for the Warriors to win the title next year? And then the Blazers got one as well. Uh, but those were the top five in terms of vote getters. I will say this: the Blazers are, you know, with uh, dude from uh, Miami and blanking on his name coming over um, center. Whiteside. Whiteside. There it is. Whiteside coming over, and, and with the, obviously McCollum and Lillard, and and still that kind of roster they have. I I think Portland can make some noise. Okay. All right. 
Tell you what, looking at the playoff picture, predicting the playoff picture, because every general manager was asked to rank how they believe each conference standings uh, will shake out. And these are the results. This is what the projected playoff picture looks like per the NBA GM survey. Milwaukee got the, the biggest boat of confidence, we'll say, as they are predicted to be the top team in the East, followed by Philadelphia, Boston, and Brooklyn, making up the top four. Toronto, Indiana, Miami, and Orlando are predicted to round out the playoff field in the Eastern Conference. Is Toronto that good still? Do they? I don't think so. I, I don't, I don't I, believe in Toronto at I all. I had them in like a seven seed. I think Indiana kind of is getting hosed a little bit. I thought so too. Bit. I thought I, Indiana I'm would be on, one of those teams. I'm high on the Pacers. I mm-hmm. think they deserve to be a little bit higher on that list. Obviously, you have Milwaukee, one, Phillies right there. I'm not as high on Boston, obviously, either. Maybe addition by subtraction there. I don't know. Brooklyn, they have. I like. I like Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and even without KD right now, with Kyrie coming in, they're a strong team. But um, you know, obviously, the top two are pretty much stapled in. I think. I tell you what, you look at the Western Conference. They did the same thing. The Clippers are the preseason favorite, followed by not the Lakers, but Denver is voted to be the two seed, followed by the Lakers at number three, then Utah, Houston, Golden State, Portland, and San Antonio. I mean, the Western Conference is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Denver, they've they have had some young guys that are developing, and, and you know, they got Jokic there and, and Murray and, and just a lot of they're, – they're one of those teams that they just – they have a lot of depth and a lot of guys that can really hurt you. Um, I would put L.A. number two right behind the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Houston, Houston's still going to be good. Gold, I think Portland's going to be better than Golden State. Mm-hmm. You got to always have San Antonio in the list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I would put the Lakers right behind the Clippers, and then three through seven. It's a really just you know, it's, it's a toss up. Toss up there. I mean, they're so deep that Portland, a team like you mentioned with weapons that could carry them a long ways, are predicted to be the seven seed. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. If anything, I would I would switch out. You know Utah and Portland, even mm. in my eyes, but I don't know Utah. Utah's a good team too. I don't know, man. I tell you what, the West is going to be fun to watch mm. this year. Individual player awards. Who will be this year's MVP? For reference, last year LeBron James was the pick, and he got thirty percent of the vote. Giannis ended up winning the award, and Giannis is predicted to repeat. He got fifty-two percent of the vote. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard each got ten percent, and then Nikola Jokic got. Seven percent, but I'm okay with that because I think Giannis very well could repeat as this year's MVP. Yeah, I mean, you, you hope he de- develops and, and he comes back even stronger. He had a great year last year. He's obviously going to be the focal point of Milwaukee. Steph Curry now doesn't have that supporting cast. He's going to look to be have to do a lot more. So I can see why Steph Curry's in there. I like Anthony Davis on the Lakers, and obviously I think Kawhi has a good shot. Too. I think if anybody could unseat Giannis this year, it would be Kawhi. If, if Kawhi go, if Kawhi goes in and and really you know obviously takes that team to the next level and and is the leader of that team that we all predict him to be i don't see how you couldn't you know especially if the clippers get to the finals Mm -hmm. how you couldn't obviously take Kawhi leonard as as the mvp how much fun that would be a Kawhi Giannis nba finals i'm a celtics fan i'd still be okay with that yeah that'd be sick if you were starting a franchise today and you could sign any player in the nba to build around who would it be Last year, Giannis was the popular choice with 30% of the vote. This year, it was Giannis again with 86% of the vote. 
I like the Gian- Giannis pick. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's he's just a freak, man. That's his nickname. He's a freak. He's still relatively young, and his his ceiling is so high. I like Luca, man. Yeah, and, huge and Luka he got seven percent of this vote. Yeah, I mean, he's just such a unique player. He's he's super young, very exciting. You're gonna sell tickets. He makes people around him better. He's just such a unique skill. He has such a unique skill set, and he just does. He's like a magician, dude. He does crazy things each and every night. There's mm-hmm. something where you're just like. Did he really just do that? And I'm just a huge Luca fan. I would I would take Luca right now. It depends. Over like, Giannis. It depends what position you want to start with. Okay. I like Luca. I would be super happy with Giannis too. I, I mean, right now I like Luca. That's how I would start my my friend. If I was playing 2K right now, I'm taking Luca. <laughs> Read into this how you will, but only three players got votes in this category. Only three. Giannis got 86 percent of the vote. Luka Doncic got seven, and Anthony Davis got seven. So only three different players had any kind of vote as far as if you could sign any player in the NBA and build around them, who would it be? Does it surprise you that nobody voted for Zion Williamson? Yeah, a little bit. I mean... Like, not even one person did. Right. It's just not a lot of, you know, he hasn't played a lot of games. Apparently not even his own GM. (laughs) You know, he, he hasn't played a lot of games He's still kind of there's still questions around where he fits in a rotation. Mm-hmm. You know he's undersized a little bit. Um, at some point, you know he's he's relying a lot on athleticism, and when that starts to fade, you know where's he going to be? Um, you, maybe you would expect one person to be like, okay, Zion. I just don't think there's a, a, enough there to where you're comfortable saying mm-hmm. I, I'm going to pick him over a Giannis. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a guy who's who's already a staple in the league. Which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? Last year, LeBron got this with 60% of the vote. This year, it was James Harden with 48. I could see it. I could see it, too. The way just, he plays, yeah. Yeah, just the way he plays, offensive, you know, juggernaut. He's coming up with, with ways to travel without being called for travel. You know, he's 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 a, a guy that's really kind of changing the way you play the game. And, and he gets to the line. He gets to the line. He's, he's just a scoring machine. you gotta you got to make sure you, you try to stop him and... And he's going to be a focal point for any opposing coach. This might be even more interesting than James Harden being called the player that makes opposing coaches make the most adjustments. LeBron won this with 60% last year. He got just 17% this year. I think people are, are sleeping on LeBron a little bit. Yeah. I think, obviously, he's in year 17, is a little bit older. People are saying he's on the decline. I just I just feel like people, you know, they're kind of just... You know, I'm not saying they're they're trying to push him out of the do- out of the out of the door, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, but uh, I just feel like people are kind of disrespecting LeBron. I still think he has a couple more good solid years and I think he's going to come back with Anthony Davis and really show it. Obviously he wasn't in the postseason last year, so But that could help. He yeah, hasn't had exactly. rest like this Exactly. That's in what a I mean. Time. So people he's not fresh in people's minds, but I think people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. That's LeBron James there this season." <laughs> Which player is most likely to have a breakout season this year? Nineteen percent of the vote went to De'Aaron Fox. I, you know, I'm okay I have, with that. I'm okay with that too. He has some blazing speed. Yeah, he does. You know, if all else fails, he can just blow by his defender and get to the rim. So, I think that's a good pick. All these guys on the list, I think, yeah. have a shot. Jaron Jackson and Jason Tatum each got eleven percent of the vote. Brandon Ingram and Jamal Murray, who actually was the pick last year, by the way, each got seven percent of the vote. But Jamal Murray, again, 20% last year compared to 7 this year. Then they went by position. They had the general managers fill out this as far as if you could take anybody at all five positions, who would you take? Who is the best player at each position? Steph Curry overwhelmingly took point guard honors with 90% of the vote. 
So Steph Curry at point guard. James Harden got 86% of the vote at shooting guard. Kawhi Leonard, 62% at small forward. Giannis with 59% at power forward. And Nikola Jokic, 48% as the center. It's hard to argue with anybody on that list, but no LeBron James on there. It's I'm, kind of surprising. I'm taking LeBron James as my point guard. LeBron at my point guard, my shooting guard, James Harden. I'll take Kawhi as my small forward. Mm-hmm. I'll take Giannis as my power forward. And I'm taking Joel Embiid as my center. That'd be my guess. I'm a little bit surprised that Joel Embiid got beat out by Nikola Jokic on here. Right. And, and you know, AD right there, too. Yeah. As a power yeah. forward. I mean, you can't lose with him. Either. But if you could build around somebody, would you rather have Jokic, AD, or Embiid? You know, and I like Jokic. He plays a good game, and he's he's consistent. Right. He's healthy for you. You know what you're going to get. Right. But I think the upside is greater with the other two. So do I. I like I like Embiid there. And, yeah, like I said, man, I'm taking LeBron at point all day. He's the best passer I've ever seen. What was the most surprising move of the offseason? This will be the last one we get to here in the final minute of the show. Paul George traded the Clippers. Now, I can vouch for it was surprising, 52% of the vote. Yeah, I mean, that blew my mind. That was one of those things. I'll, I'll remember where I was when I heard that. I was in um, bed. It was 2 a.m. Yeah. I, I should have been asleep. I woke up the next morning, and I was I looked at my phone, and I'm like, I see all these like things. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? And you kind of had a feeling that Kawhi might end up there, but mm-hmm. to add Paul George into that mix, it's super exciting. And like I said, that was it. Right there, I was like, I'm, I'm jumping on this bandwagon today. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you with that. We are out of time hitting the 5 o'clock hour. Appreciate you being on here, my man. What are we watching Local 3 for here in the coming weeks? You're watching Local 3. I mean, we got coverage of all the local sports, high school. We, we do a good job with the high school football. Um, just tune in, tune in. We got a lot of Packers coverage. You, you, you won't find more in-depth Packer coverage than, than on Local 3. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll be there hanging out. So tune in uh, 6 and 11, Monday through Friday. Check it out. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. I'm back on tomorrow, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. It's my hope you join me. For Jake Durant, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP. WZ, I'm Ishpeming Marquette.